Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for being with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Yeah, a really exciting portion of Scripture, a portion of Scripture that has been uh, caused quite a a bit of trouble uh, in the church through the years uh, because it has some hard teachings, I think, and particularly depending upon the type of society you live in in our Western society. People want to reject this. They want to try to modify it. They want to say, yeah, but it means this, 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 this. And then a lot of times we just don't like what it says sometimes within the Scripture. So we've looked at the last couple of episodes. And so I'm going to read this passage again, and then we're going to continue talking about it, okay? So this is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9. It's related to women. And the Spirit says this through Paul. Remember, God's writing this. This isn't Paul. Now, let me, let me say a couple things before I start read this. Um, a lot of times people will come back and say, oh, that's just Paul saying that. That's Paul. Paul hated women. Paul hated homosexuals. So we can throw away that part because that was just him. No, that's not how you handle the scripture. The Lord used Paul to write this, but this is the word of the Lord. And also, let me ask you to keep this in mind. The issues that we're looking at right here are far more issues of the heart. The Lord is addressing the heart of the individuals. Okay, Someone could be uh, correct scripturally, and yet apply that correct truth in the wrong heart. We've seen that happen with both men and women related to this particular passage right here. Men will come around quite often and just thump women over the head related to this passage right here. Women will come along with this passage right here and will uh, operate in rebellion. I mean, I've experienced both. I gave an example on the last episode of a time when I was much younger with a gentleman that just didn't know what to do with this and the way he reacted, okay? And so it's really the issues of the heart. And another thing is the Lord is showing us how we are to function together. We get a little insight into it right here. You get a lot more insight into it over in Ephesians and some other portions of the scripture of how men and women, particularly husbands and wives, are to relate. And then the bottom line with all this is the Lord is showing us uh, a created governmental authority. Okay, a created governmental authority within the body of Christ, within relationships with one another, uh, particularly within families. That's what you see in Ephesians of how we're to operate and how we're to function. So you have all this going on at the same time. And that's the reason when I read this passage that I'm about to read, when you hear words like teach and authority, and he uses the example of Adam and Eve, okay, that the Lord is trying to reveal something. Uh, so verse 9, 1 Timothy 2, likewise. I want women to adorn themselves with proper clothing, modestly and discreetly, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly garments, but rather by means of good works, as is proper for women making a claim to godliness. A woman must quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness. But I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived, but woman being deceived fell into transgression. But women will be preserved through the bearing of children if they continue in faith and love and sanctity with self 
restraint. Now, again, are there not some loaded things in that passage right there? There really are. But what he's saying when he says a woman must be quiet doesn't mean that the women have to sit there and not say anything. There's another portion of the scripture, uh, I think it's in Corinth, where the church was having some trouble with some uh, women that were coming in being disruptive in a different kind of way, in a different group of women. Okay, Some similarities here, but there were some other things that were going on there. And Paul told them, you just be quiet. Don't tell them not to say anything during the service. That doesn't mean that women are not allowed in corporate gatherings from then on to say anything with the body of Christ. No, they were being disruptive. They were causing trouble. He said, quit that. Here, the group that Paul's talking about with Timothy at Ephesus were the wealthy women. Remember, they're going around, they're flaunting their clothing and their uh, fixed hair and their gold and their pearls and all this kind of stuff. And some of these women apparently wound up uh, getting into teaching and leadership positions. We'll see more about that as we go through the book. And he says, no, <laughs> that's not the way we're supposed to be doing. These women should not be teaching in this way, and they shouldn't be exercising authority over man. Now, that's a big one, okay? They shouldn't be exercising authority, but they need to be submissive. When you look at other scriptures, you find that the submission, and that's the example he gives right here, that Adam was created first and then Eve. There's a bigger picture right here. God created Adam, and then he created Eve. Eve is not inferior. No. Uh, you'll find portions of Scripture that, that the woman is the weaker vessel. You know that verse? And people freak out over that. Well, that idea of weaker is not weaker from constitution or weaker as inferior. Like that. No, it literally means more precious. It's like this, that she is weaker in the same way that a piece of fine china you know, a fine plate, something you paid a lot of money for. You have to be very careful. You don't want to chip it. You don't want to break it because it's a fine piece. And uh, in contrast to your everyday Corel, <laughs> you know, that you toss about here and there, that women are very, very special. They're very precious. It's the right opposite of what the world wants to say about what the Scripture says about this. And so uh, a wife is to be submissive to her husband, but she doesn't have to be submissive to other men's husband. I mean, other women's husbands. I nearly said that wrong, didn't I? <laughs> the other women's husbands. But what we're seeing is that there is a governmental structure. Okay? There's a governmental structure. And he says, I don't don't tell those women not to teach in that way. Now, remember what we saw in the last episode. There's different interpretation. Some people believe that women should never lead, should never teach women in the church. Other people believe this word right here was just for the women at Ephesus. And some people believe that, yeah, uh, a woman can lead, can teach, but they first need to be properly trained and educated. I, I, I sort of hate that mindset because it's nearly like, well, men can do this spontaneously, but women need to be taught. No, that's not true. Uh, men need to be taught. Men need to have the calling of leading, et cetera, et cetera. But what he's saying is here that this disruption that's coming about is not good, Okay. And you need to walk in submission. What you see in other portions, things over in Ephesians, it talks about how all of us as believers are to walk humbly before one another. See, if we just get the totality of Scripture, a lot of these things that we think are problematic would fall by the wayside. What was occurring was these women were putting on a show. They were putting on a fashion show, and then they were putting on a teaching show, and they were getting uh, uh, sort of, forcing themselves up front, and they were doing it, I believe, uh, with maybe even at the behest of these other teachers of the law that were being disrupted that we saw in the first chapter. 
And so Paul was just saying this. Just tell them, I don't allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over man. Just be quiet. <laughs> then he says, why? For Adam was first created and then Eve. But then an interesting phrase. I'm not sure we'll be able to. Well, we'll finish this phrase. Maybe we'll pick it up next time. Adam was, it was not Adam who was deceived. It was the woman who was deceived. And that's the interesting little nuance that you see in the Genesis story. That the woman was deceived. And here it says, uh, the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Okay, she was deceived and she fell in or happened to come in or walked into uh, transgression. I don't like it when, uh, and you see it everywhere. I mean, you see it among the most godly people, and I know why they say it, but they talk about the fall, the fall, you know, in Genesis. It really wasn't a fall, it was a rebellion. And this right here sort of helps us. Yes, the woman was deceived, and because of that, the woman came into and fell into transgression. Adam wasn't deceived. Adam forthrightly rebelled. He could have told his wife, no, we're not going to do that, even after she took a bite out of that fruit. No, 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 we're not going to do that. Perhaps God would have uh, forgiven her, you know, and had washed her clean because of Adam standing firm in that, okay? Who knows? We don't know what might have happened. The bottom line is he did not do it. Eve was deceived. Adam rebelled. There's a tremendous difference right here. But there's something about this that gives us insight into the governmental structure of the body of Christ and of relationships within the church. Anyway, again, my, my time's flying by with these things, aren't they? I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.